Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Assistant Pastor Tim Rogers. So, for the last past month or so in Bible study, Apostle's been teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, so with that, he has been talking about and teaching us and taking us through the word of why we need it. And more importantly, how we receive it, because people's notions of how we receive it was wrong as well. Right. Amen. The great thing was all we had to do was ask. Right. Right? Right. That's what we've been learning. Right. So as we move forward in that, the one thing that kept coming up in my mind was this fire. Fire, fire, fire. And the Lord took me back to John the Baptist when he talked about baptizing in the Holy Spirit and fire, what Jesus would do. All right. So. Let's look at that a little bit real quickly about that scripture. And as we were talking, he mentioned something, and I said, dang, I was going there. But if you look at that scripture in Matthew, there's a reference to the Holy Spirit as being actually water and fire. All right? Water and fire. Which you kind of think, well, wait a minute, God. Don't they kind of cancel each other out? Uh-huh. Right? How does that one work? Well, the, problem, the issue is, is that we got to look at it for what it is. So John the Baptist was baptizing people for salvation. We know that baptism is an outward representation of an inward change, a washing, right? The water. But then after that, he says that Jesus, who is greater than him, shall bring the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, the issue that I had personally I wanted the Holy Spirit, but I wasn't sure about that fire piece. (laughs) Right? And I believe that I'm not the only one in that boat. We see that fire, and, you know, our connotations of fire are not that great. Right? But when we think about this from a water, I want you to think about this. Water. Water lubricates, flows, and brings life. Okay? But fire consumes refines, and purifies. Right? So in the first part of that scripture in Matthew, God is saying, first, I got to bring life to you. You got to have the water first. Because if you don't have life, then the fire ain't doing anything. You're not living anyway. So we have to have the water, which brings the life, which flows through. Then from there, then we can have the refinement that God needs in our lives. We can have that consuming fire upon us. Amen. All right. So now I want to oh, ask anybody, do we have any basketball players in the house? Oh, that's right. We got B. Oh, all right. Monte. All right. We got a couple basketball players in here, right? How many uh, used to be basketball players do we have in the house? <laughs> All right, all right, all right. That's me too. Used to be. All right. How many want to be basketball players do we have? All right, all right. So back in the, when I was a kid, basketball was one of our great pastimes, right? It was cheap. Right? We can get all our friends together, 10 of us. We put in $2, we can buy basketball, we can all be there. Right? So we used to do that all the time. From sun up to sundown, we run, we run, we play, we play. Right? But back in those days, we used to talk about when somebody got on fire, right? And what did that indicate? That indicated everything they put up went in. 
it was in, right? They were in the zone. So I think that's the same thing that God wants us to be here. In the church, he wants us to be in the zone all the time. He wants us to be able to say, oh, that, that, that girl on fire right now, she's about to bring it. Right? Because he needs us to be on fire. The fire is what we need. And I believe that what Apostle has been teaching us is has been laying the foundation. We've been too satisfied with just the water. We, we really don't want the fire. We, we don't want that peace. Because with the fire comes a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Because you got to be willing to do it. The water we just accept always. God, I want that. Yeah, I want salvation. I want healing. I want heaven. I want to be in your glory. But that fire, ooh, I don't know. All right? So as I want you to think about fire in the natural. Fire in the natural. All right. There are three uh, byproducts of fire in the natural that I want to talk about real quick. Byproducts of fire. So when I started thinking about this, what is fire? When you see it, what do you see? So these are the three things that came. Light. So we're going to have a little mini chemistry lesson here. But very simple, because it's going to be important and it will tie in later. Light. So one of the byproducts of having fire is light. It lights up things, right? Why does it do that? It's because the electrons are jumping between atoms on a scientific level, right? So what that means is electrons are moving back and forth. Don't make the not hard, okay? So it's jumping. It's, it's active. It's excited. Uh, okay, all right. All right, so then we have heat, which is atoms and molecules mo moving extremely fast. So anytime that we heat up something, that's what your microwave does. What it does is it concentrates and makes the molecules move real fast, right? That's what gives you the heat, all right? And then we have smoke, which is incomplete combustion or unburned particles. So the stuff that can't be burnt up turns into smoke. That's what we see. All right. All right. Smoke. <laughs> so when I started thinking about this, I said, wow, God, that, that's pretty awesome here. And he took me to the burning bush with Moses on the backside of that mountain, right? Now, that burning bush, there's a couple things that the Bible says about that event, and um, it's pretty awesome. So let's, let's walk through it a little bit, right? So he's on the backside of that mountain doing his own thing, you know, herding, all that good stuff, right? And then the word says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him as a flaming fire on the bush, okay? So it appeared to him. So now, you got a fire out there. It's secluded outside of the animals in him, right? So it can be seen from pretty much anywhere in that vicinity. Now, what's interesting about this fire is, is that, one, the Bible is not very specific about how long it was burning. Right. All right? So Moses may have been seeing this for a while. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, and then the Lord talked about me, right? How many times have I looked at something and I said, 
I'm not going to deal with that right now. Right? Because it's interesting, right? It says that Moses looked at it, but he just looked. Then it says he then went to inquire about it. When he acquired, then the Lord spoke. So sometimes there can be a propensity to see something. God shows it to you, but you don't ask no questions about it. And you're saying, God, well, why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you hearing me? And God says, I am hearing you, but you ain't asked nothing. We have to be active with God. I mean, you got to picture this, a fire burning on a bush that won't be consumed. And you see that and you just walk past it like that's just, oh, well, you know, that's just normal. <laughs> so we have to be inquired. We got to be engaged with God. Yeah. He's engaged with us all the time. Yeah. All the time. So when I started thinking about this fire, talking about this, I said, ooh, what were the characteristics of this fire? So it was the spirit of the Lord. That, that's the important part. The spirit of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, which means Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was Jesus that was in that fire. Yeah. God was showing himself completely to Moses yeah. on that mountain. Mm. And I believe God's doing the same thing right now. Yeah. He's saying to see me completely, you've got to get in that spirit. Mm. Wow. You have to see about the fire that I want to put on you. You have to have it. So when we think about light, let's talk about this light for a minute. So the Bible says that the entrance of thy word bringeth light. Right? Your word is a light, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? Mm. So now we have scriptures that are telling us that light has to come from the word. Mm. Right? So Jesus is saying we got to have that fire. Part of that fire, what's going to emanate from us is his word. Yeah. That's the light. That heat moving really fast, moving really fast, right? He took me to when Paul prayed for Timothy to remember that he stir up the things, mm-hmm. the gifts that were within him. So when we tap into that spirit, God says, then I can start churning. And when I start churning, you're going to start moving. Because when you start moving, heat's going to come off of you. Just like the fire. You're going to be ablazed. And the first thing people are going to experience from you are the light and the heat. He stirs us up by telling us the plan that he has for us. For our lives. He stirs us up by us having an understanding of who he is. He stirs us up by showing us the grace that he's shown us over our lives. He stirs us up to be appreciative of where we are in life. He stirs us up by showing that I, I saved your kid. That school may have had someone shooting up, but your kid wasn't one of them. So through that heat, He shows us all of that, and he continually shows. The only thing that he says is, is stay engaged. Come on. Stay engaged. Praise God. 
So now let's move to that smoke. Now, I told you that smoke is the things that aren't burnt up. Right. So I believe in the Ten Commandments. I really believe Charleston has the old one, old school one. Right. (laughs) I went back and looked at it for a minute because I wanted to see something. And in that burning bush experience, when it shows Moses. There was no smoke. And I believe there wasn't any smoke in there either. I believe they got it right. Hollywood got it right that time. They didn't portray it as something that didn't confirm in the Bible. Because I believe when you're on fire with the Lord, you don't have any smoke. Why don't you have any smoke? Because he is going to burn up everything that is not like him that is in your life. But here's the great thing. God is the only person that can bring fire that can consume and not destroy the vessel. He ain't going to destroy you, though. See, fire in the natural, after a while, it's going to destroy anything that it's on. It's gone. It's ashes. But in the spirit, God says, you don't have to worry about that. You still are who you say I say you are. Amen. You will not be consumed. So what that should do is give us some comfort. Because it maintains our identity and purpose in him. We don't lose that when we allow the fire of the Holy Spirit to be upon us. We don't lose it. All we're doing is getting refined. Make sense? All right, all right. Now, here's, here's where it changes a little bit. We have to be willing. Here's the, here's the critical piece. Because the Bible says that you should present yourself as a holy sacrifice under God. A willing sacrifice. So that means you got to actually go over to the fire and lay in it. What is that equivalent to? God truly submitting to it and saying, I need it. I want it. That's the equivalent of us laying for him. But what happens is, is that we try to stand up. And when we try to stand up, then there is some smoke. Because that's the part that we not, we're not giving to God. God, you can't burn that piece of me. I, I, I still need that. So now we want to keep that piece. And what happens is when we keep that piece, that fire really doesn't get in there good. And then we do have smoke. So we shouldn't have any smoky Christians in the church. No smoky Christians. We have to be willing. We have to be willing to go completely in. Not halfway. Won't you? Oh, wrong way. This is something God laid on me. That Christians need to submit to the Holy Spirit's fire with such completeness that our lives no longer give us smoke in the natural, but an aroma in the spirit. 
What God is looking for is an aroma. Now, that takes us back to the second scripture we read in 2 Corinthians. Because it says that we triumph through Christ and that we are a diffuser of his knowledge everywhere we go. Well, what does a diffuser do? Come on. It okay. gives off an aroma. Oh, so God is looking for a smell to come from us when the Holy Ghost fire is on us. But the key word there is complete. We got to go in complete. Now, we, we use those little plug-in things. Oh, here's one right here, right? So we got we have these all over the church, right? So now, we got this one plugged in here. But if I go all the way to the back door, can you smell that one? No. So God has diffusers planted in specific areas. Come on, man. Because one just ain't going to do it. So now within that, so we're strategically placed, and we have to be plugged in. Right? So what that means is, is that sometimes we might be in an area that may be a little bit uncomfortable, but God is trying to impress upon us, yeah, but you have a fragrance. I need you there. What happens is, is that we have our plans. We say, God, this ain't where I'm supposed to be at. God says, no, this is where we're supposed to be at. Right? Because we are supposed to write the plan and make it plain, right? We are supposed to do that. But he orders the steps. So that's the order. The plan and the order. What we do is we think the plan is the path. It's not. They're not synonymous. Just because we understand a little bit about what God has us to do doesn't mean we know what direction to go in. So we have to have both the plan and the path. What I've done is, is had the plan and then I got off the path. And what happens is, is that now my aroma is not going to the right spot. Because I'm not where I should be at. God needs us at specific places. And on top of that, then the plug-in is, is that we have to be engaged. Because just to be there, if we plug that in and it ain't burning, ain't going to smell nothing. So to be in the right place but not be on fire, that ain't no good either. You've got to have both. And that's where we have to say, willingly, God, consume who I am. Because when we do that, then we give off an aroma. So. What I want to talk about a little bit is three aromas that God is looking for. Three aromas. And here's the great thing. They're real simple. <laughs> but we have to be on fire to really 
We have to be on fire to give it to him. All right. Three aromas that God is looking for when we're on fire with the Holy Spirit. All right. So I'm actually this time I gave the scriptures. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is after that. Aromas are the fire of God. The first one here is in Philippians 4 and 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. This is Paul. I am full, having received from Aphrodite the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So the first aroma that we have to give off is pure generosity. Pure generosity. So Paul is talking to the Philippian church here. He's talking about the things they supplied to him. And it's very specific, guys. This, this is what's so awesome. He says, I have all and abound. He's saying he lacks nothing. nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what that means is no matter what the plight may have been of the actual people, they still gave. They gave so good that God says it's a sweet aroma to me. The only way that we can be perfect is in the spirit. Because then that means Jesus is the one that is speaking. So what God is saying is I want purity. Too many times we're trying to do this on our own accord. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's still great to be generous to folks. It is. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is there's a deeper level we can go to, and God is looking for that aroma. Mm -hmm. yes. And the only way we get the aroma is if we're on fire. Yes, yes, yes. We have to have the fire upon us to be able to do this. Not looking at anything that they were going to receive. No kickbacks. God, I'm not just going to bless this person because I need something. I want that person to be nice to me, so I'll give a little something, something to them. It's not what this is about. No matter if you don't get anything from it. The willingness to have the right heart, pure. Why? Because you're doing it out of the will of the Spirit. Not because you were forced to. You felt obligated to. You thought it would be a good intention. I know it's a, it's a little tough. I know. But Apostle taught last week that we're mature, right? Come on. So we got to be willing to hear what needs to be heard from the Lord. Because he got me too. As he can attest to, God only shows you first, and then you got to repent. Because he pointed out times where you just did that because you thought you might get a blessing from it. Yeah, he showed me. I'm like, hey, Lord, you're right. I'm sorry. Because it needs to be genuine. It needs to be pure, not because I thought I could get an advantage because of it. So the first aroma 
is pure generosity. Amen. All right. See, ah, I went the right way this time. Okay. <laughs> Aroma 2, over in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and gave himself for us, and offering a sacrifice God to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Again, an aroma. So the second one is pure love. Now, this one's a little tough because there are a lot of times where people will say, well, I do love that person, and that's not what I'm saying. Because what, I, what I'm saying is, is that if we want to give, ultimately, the perfect love, we have to be in the spirit. We have to be. Over in 1 John chapter 5, it talks about it. It says God is love, and those that are in God love God. Right? So it's saying that if you don't have God, you really don't have love. You. Right. And again, a little tough, but you have to have God to truly experience what love really is. And I believe this is the problem that we see a lot of the times outside of the church. Because a lot of people are doing things in relationships, going to jobs, going to school, doing all these things. And they're what they're looking for is pure love, but they can't find it out there. They can't find it with drugs and alcohol and sex. They can't find it there because that's what they need. They're dry and they need the water of the spirit to give them life. Once they have that, then they understand, oh, God, you are love. Okay. But until then, all they're really doing is searching. We need it as well. To really love my bride, I got to be in the spirit. I got to be in God to really do that. Something <laughs> takes a no. I'm just messing. <laughs> takes a whole lot of love, girl. No, no, I'm just messing. <laughs> love, 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 love. God says that if you keep my mechanics, then you love me. So. How can the world that don't know him keep his commandments? They can't, which means they really can't show love. You, you have to be in God to truly understand pure love. And we're all still getting there because this fire doesn't just stop. The apostles been teaching, we need to be filled, refilled, filled again, filled to the top, running over, and some more. It has to be a perpetual thing, perpetual. We have to continue to seek God for the fire that he has. I, after, the, after the day, all I want, Lord, do I smell good to you? Not because I didn't, no, 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I put some on. I did. I did. <laughs> because now that he's shown it to me, I'm like, oh, hey, Lord, it was right there. I just read right over top of it. Not understanding what it meant. We have to be on fire. All right, last one, last one. Uh, all right, that time I went the wrong way, see? I need to put some extra directions on that remote. All right, Roman 3 in Genesis. <laughs> Genesis chapter 8. 20 and 21, it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. So the last one is, is that we need the smell of pure worship. Now, on this one, it noticed that it said the clean animals. All right. So there were certain animals that were classified as clean, like a dove. And then there were some other ones that weren't. So right off the gate, God is saying that I just ain't going to take anything. And I'll tell you what I have been personally guilty of. I've been personally guilty of multitasking worship. Hmm. Well, what is that? It's when you have all those other thoughts in your mind that you are thinking about. All those scenarios at work that tomorrow you have to deal with. What the kids need. What you're going to eat tonight. What needs to go to the dry cleaners. <laughs> when are the house taxes due? That's my car payment. I need an oil change. I need all of this, and I need to get all of this done while I'm trying to worship God. And what I'm doing is watering down my worship, my opportunity to be intimate with the Lord because I got too much wow. on my mind. Wow. Yeah. And this is why we have to be on fire because it's Hard to turn the brain off. That's right. Yeah, it is. But if we decrease the flesh and increase the spirit in the fire, then it becomes easier to just walk right in and say, God, here I am. Whatever you need to do to me, do. But when we don't have a fire, it's very easy to be on the straddle line of half your brain is here trying to sing and worship, and the other part here is I'm doing all of this other stuff. So God is asking us to get rid of the multitasking worship. Because that is not pure. Because he wants all of us. When we go in, everything needs to go in with us. Pure worship. God says that he's seeking such to do. To worship him in spirit and in truth. Part of that truth is, is that we got to want to be there. And we got to understand the importance that 
we can't have anything else on our minds. But I thank God for his grace. Because he's going to give us the opportunity to get it right. Because we're going to have to learn to submit to the fire to continue to move forward in this. This is not something that tomorrow we're going to have mastered. But even today, I said, oh, I got to turn my brain off. Because I could be doing great, and then next thing I know, something will pop in my mind. I'm like, no, God, no, only you, only you, only because I had to consciously do it. We're going to have to consciously submit to the spirit. We can't be nilly willy about it. And here's we have to really want it. Because God isn't going to do anything if you don't really want it. It works just like healing. God can't heal you of something that you don't think you have. How's that possible? You're denying that you even need help. We have to get out of self-denial. We have to admit, God, this is, I got a little problem here. We need to be open and naked before yeah. the Lord. Yeah. We have to be. Have to be. So the three aromas that we need to walk in, the smell that we offer up to God. Now here's the great thing, saints. God says that this is a sweet smell. Wouldn't you want to be sweet to God all the time? You got to see the metaphor he's giving. He's saying that he loves it. Anything that I can do that God loves it, I'm trying to do it. I got to aspire to do it all the time. So the three aromas, pure generosity. Pure love and pure worship. Hallelujah. So as as I close here, I want you to just kind of think about a little bit of that. It's amazing how much God makes you see the things in your own life. When he points it out to you in a word. There's no denial. I don't, I don't have anything to stand on. So I'm coming before you naked too. That in some of these areas, I got to work on. And I got to work on it with some type of intensity. I thank God that he's continuing to educate and sharpen us with his word, with understanding. So uh, my prayer was that this would just build on to what Apostle's been teaching in Bible study. But he's been talking about the power. I'm talking about the relationship that comes with it. This is the relationship that God wants from each and every one of us. 
And I thank him because I wasn't sure at first. But then he got right up here and said it, and I said, thank you, God. So I know it was from him. So for those that aren't baptized in the Spirit, this is just another example of why we need it. As the apostle has been teaching us, we can no longer just do status quo. It's not enough. God has us in places for us to be an influence. And here's the great thing. When you think about smoke in the natural, when it gets in something, you can't get that out. You can wash, 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 steam, blow dry. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't come out. God is saying, I want, he wants us to sacrifice where we are just like that. They don't, the people around us may not know. But it will influence them. How do I know that? Because 2 Corinthians told us it would. He said we are a fragrance to those being saved and those that aren't. He told us it's going to affect them. All you have to do is burn. So. I just wanted to encourage you to continue to burn. So burn, baby, burn. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.